Welcome to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. I am Michael Kingswood, retired naval officer, Christian, dad, and writer extraordinaire. I mostly focus on science fiction and fantasy, but I've been known to write just about everything under the sun, including the occasional romance. The purpose of this podcast is to share my stories with you, the reading slash listening public. So sit back and relax, because I'm going to tell you the story. Hi friends, I'm Michael Kingswood. It's story time, and as you can see, I'm recording this on the road, not from my unusual podcast nook. Had a uh, bit of a family emergency event, so I had to do a pretty long cross-country trip um, outside of Louisville, Kentucky at the moment, and uh, I couldn't leave you guys hanging. Had to give you the next two chapters of Outdweller, Glimmervero Chronicles, number two, because you love it and you've been demanding it. And I apologize, I would give it to you also. So, without further ado, we'll just get to it. Remember, I wrote this myself a couple of years ago, and this was read by Kevin Sapp um, when he made the audiobook version for me last year as the uh, result of a successful Kickstarter campaign. And we'll be doing another one for Taller's Peak, book number three, here probably in the next couple months because it's more than past time that we got that done. Anyway, sit back, enjoy. We'll talk to you on the other end. 23. Throwing Down The outdweller advanced toward Lauren, who was lying helpless on the ground. Julian screamed at himself to move, to take action in this fight which could determine the future for his town, but found he could not. Ever since the outdweller appeared, he had been in a near panic. Nothing he had ever faced could have prepared him for this. The outdweller's physical presence was enough to cow him. But more than that, he felt a weight on his mind, a crushing force that strove to drive him to his knees, and it took every ounce of energy he had to stop himself from doing just that. He watched, immobile, as Lauren attacked, and Radric rushed to support the mage, but was repelled without even half a thought. He wanted to help. He wanted to desperately. But he could not make himself move. Little stars flashed across his vision from the left, and a couple of them struck the outdweller. That just seemed to make it mad. The beast came on, and pushed Lauren's force shield, or whatever it was, aside like it was so much rubbish. The mage went flying, and Julian hung his head. It was over. They had failed. Then, off to his right, he saw movement. He glanced that way and stopped, staring, as Melanie pushed herself to her feet. Where had she come from? Wherever it was, she looked ready for a fight. A fierce fire lit up her eyes. Julian looked at that raging fire and drew strength from it. This was the thing that had been accosting his people these many days. It had taken good people from their families, for its own foul amusement. He looked back at the outdweller as it stalked toward Lauren's collapsed form, and let the rage he saw in Melanie's eyes flow through him. He would not let this foul thing win. He. Would. Not. Crying out, Julian ripped his sword from its scabbard and bounded forward. The small of the outdweller's back was right in front of him. An easy target, one that would put the thing on its knees where the mages could take it down without any more trouble. Something hit him on the side of the head. Something that felt like six warhammers bundled together and sent him reeling. He hit the ground, and all he could see for a long moment were flashing spots in front of his eyes. All he could smell was the outdweller's rotten stink. All he could taste was the mud of the side street. 
Not that anything in Lyttelton was not a side street, but still. After a moment, he raised his head and saw Melanie. She was on her feet, a righteous fury in her eyes, and a look on her face that he had seen a hundred times in a dozen battles. The look of someone ready to kill without remorse. The elation of impending victory leapt into him. But then he turned his head to follow her gaze. She was not looking at the outdweller. She was looking at Lauren. By the gods, she had chosen now to get her vengeance? She was going to kill them all. No! he screamed, as loud as he could, looking back at Melanie in desperation. Melanie's eyes locked onto his for a second, and he thought she understood. Then she looked away and began waving her arms around as she began a spell incantation. Flames sprouted out around both her hands, as though from nowhere. Then she raised both hands. A column of flame, as thick around as Julian's thigh, lanced out from Melanie's hands, and struck the outdweller in the center of its back. The outdweller bellowed in obvious pain as the fire billowed around its torso and engulfed it in a ball of living flame that encased it and burned its flesh from all sides. The beast spun a full circle and howled in agony, raising its head to the sky as it gave voice to its pain. To Julian's left, Lauren raised himself to his elbows, his eyebrows climbing high onto his forehead in surprise as the outdweller was stymied. The mage wasted no time, though. He rolled to his right, gathering up his staff mid-roll, and came up on one knee, the end of his staff pointing toward the stricken beast. Miniature stars, the same things that had before harried the outdweller, raced from Lauren's staff and impacted the beast in its arms, legs, head, everywhere that was not covered by Melanie's fire. The outdweller screamed again, then turned away from Lauren and ran. It fled past Julian, and he had to flatten himself beneath the heat of Melanie's flames as much as from the frenzied flailing of the outdweller's shadow tentacles, or whatever they were. Melanie threw her hands up as the beast fled past her, and the flames winked out of existence, but the outdweller continued running, its howls louder than the loudest thunder as it fled Lyttelton. All around, windows began lighting up as townsfolk, roused from their sleep by the sound of the battle, lit lamps. Chagrin shouts began echoing down the street as people threw up their sashes and inquired of their neighbors as to what was going on. Others began pouring out of their houses, looking around for the source of the disturbance. Julian ignored them, pushing himself to his feet and walking over toward Melanie. She stood with her arms limp at her sides, her eyes dazed as though she could not believe what had just happened. Julian could not blame her. Melanie, he said, are you all... Lauren's shout, filled with righteous indignation, interrupted his thought. You! Julian turned to see the mage on his feet, advancing toward Melanie with his staff lowered, the end that had just shot starlets at the outdweller pointed right at her. I should have known it was you! Lauren stalked closer, his snarl fitting a lion about to strike. I always suspected! He trailed off into a furious growl, and the end of his staff crackled with little bits of lightning. Julian fell back a half-step and raised his hands defensively. Whoa, he said. Lauren, wait! Again he was cut off, this time by Melanie. Looking aside at her, she stood erect, facing Lauren. Her eyes flashed with that same rage Julian saw earlier, and she had raised her hands before herself again in a defensive posture. The fact that her hands were again wreathed in flame lent entire volumes to the weight that posture gave. I... Always knew, Melanie said, her tone as withering as the flames she had just shot from her hands. You killed Timon, and you loved doing it. 
Her eyes widened even more, and the flames around her hands grew until they almost eclipsed her face. Oh, hell. They were going to throw down right here. Before he realized what he was doing, Julian leapt between the two of them, his hands raised, one palm facing each of them. Whoa there, he said. Stop! Lauren's staff blazed with barely contained energy, matching Melanie's flames in its incandescence. All of a sudden, Julian realized he had just done an incredibly stupid thing. Get out of the way, Julian, Melanie said from his left, through clenched teeth. From his right, Lauren added, Yes, Constable, do move. It would be unfortunate if I harmed you while taking this abomination to ground. Julian blinked, unable to believe what he had just heard Lauren say. Suddenly, Melanie's hands were not the only things burning with sudden fury. He turned on Lauren. Abomination, he said, more like shouted. This abomination, he pointed back at Melanie, just saved your sorry ass from that thing. Or hadn't you noticed? Lauren's scowl only deepened. He did not reply, but the energy around his staff grew more bright. Julian wanted to cringe, to duck, anything to avoid being turned into a charcoal briquette by the two mages. But he could not do any of those things, not without sacrificing his dignity, and at the same time, giving them leave to throw down on each other. They stood there, tension so thick you could eat it with a spoon, for an eternity. Then, Radric, standing behind Lauren and to his left, cleared his throat. Might want to take a look around you, Magister, Julian's friend said. Lauren turned his head slightly to look at Radric, then his eyes widened, and he panned his head around, taking in the scene. Julian did the same. All around, townsfolk stood. Knives, shovels, and the occasional sword or bow, retrieved from the attic, no doubt, in hand. They stood in a loose circle around the two mages, weapons, makeshift or not, at the ready. You might want to rethink things, Lauren, Radric said. See, Melanie here saved this town and everyone in it. These people would much rather have her around than the likes of you. A few men raised cudgels and smacked them into their palms in strident counterpoint to Radric's statement. Lauren's brow furrowed, and for a moment Julian thought he was going to rain down holy hell on the lot of them and to blazes with the consequences. Then, slowly, the mage nodded. He lowered his staff, and the crackling energy that had been gathering at its end dissipated and went out. I suppose a bit of negotiation is in order, Lauren said. That was the understatement of the year. 24. Unlikely Allies We don't have much time. Julian found it hard to argue with Lauren's statement, but all the same his words, and more in particular his tone, made Julian want to punch him. Speak for yourself, he said, glancing around at the ring of men surrounding them. I have all the time in the world, Magister. He added a bit of contempt to the last word, just because. Lauren quirked an eyebrow at him, then turned his gaze toward Melanie. The outdweller gets further away by the moment, my lady. The my lady contained all manner of derision. We can track it for a time, but that time is not indefinite. Melanie looked confused. Lauren smirked ever so slightly. Oh, you cannot track it. I'm so sorry. He looked away from her, disdainfully, toward Radric. Is this, he gestured toward Melanie, 
half-trained and mostly ignorant harlot really worth risking your town for, Constable? Melanie's eyes grew wide, and she drew herself up, inhaling deeply through her nose. Radric raised a hand toward her, ordering calm from his demeanor and expression alone. For a moment, Julian thought Melanie would ignore him and go for Lauren's throat anyway. But she surprised him, and exhaled deeply, shaking her hands at her sides to let the frustration Julian knew she contained loose. Get to the point, Magister, Radric said. His tone was bland, but from the wrinkles around his eyes, Julian could see that he was about ready to rip Lauren's throat out himself. Lauren snorted disdainfully. I am willing to let your alliance with this thing go unreported, Constable. Lauren clearly did not know who he was talking to. Or, rather, he did not know Radric enough to recognize the warning signs. Julian was hardly surprised at all when he just kept on going, digging his own grave. But you must understand I have an obligation to bring her back with me to face justice. Radric's nostrils flared almost as much as Melanie's did. Julian had to lay a restraining hand on her arm to keep her in check. He was not able to do the same with his friend. In a flash, Radric's sword was out of its scabbard. The mage tried to retreat, but Radric grabbed Lauren's right shoulder with his left hand and held him close, pressing the edge of the blade into Lauren's throat. The mage's skin wrinkled beneath the sword's steel, just a hair's breadth more pressure, and it would draw blood. And Lauren knew it. His eyes widened in shock. In fear. Radric spoke very softly, very firmly. Melanie is not a thing, he said. Not an abomination. She is my friend, and you will not have her. Ever. He drew a deep breath and seemed to calm himself a bit. We need your help, Magister, he said, and released the mage, giving the slight man a little shove away from him. And you need ours. We will track this outdweller back to its master with you. You will get your fugitive. But then you leave us in peace. Radric's brow furrowed and his voice took on a dangerous tone. And you will never tell your people about Melanie. Ever. Lauren looked spooked. It was the first time Julian had ever seen him that way. He raised his fingers to his throat and felt along the area Radric's sword had touched, then pulled them away and looked at them as though expecting blood. Seeing none, his shoulders slumped, but his eyes still burned with pride. You are in no position to dictate terms, constable he said, spitting out the title with all the contempt he could muster. The Magisterium has authority over matters magical, not— Not here, Radric finished. Not with her. Lauren glowered and looked away from Radric toward Julian. Julian put on his best scowl and let his sword hand fall onto the hilt of his weapon. The mage sniffed and scanned the faces of the men surrounding them. They were all as implacable as Julian felt, and as Radric looked. Finally, Lauren nodded. Fine. She goes free, he said. Then, raising his index finger, he added, For now. But if she puts her foot wrong with the magisterium again, or sets foot outside this veil... He left the rest unsaid. Radric nodded. Agreed. Melody? He looked at her, questioning. Melanie shrugged. Didn't intend to go anywhere else anyway. Then we have an accord, Lauren said. He rolled his shoulders and turned away from Radric, in the direction the outdweller fled. He took a step, but the circle of townsfolk did not give way. Lauren looked back at Radric, an eyebrow quirking upward again. Do you mind? Radric nodded at the townsfolk, and the circle opened, letting Lauren pass. The mage departed, hurrying down the street after the outdweller. Julian looked at Radric questioningly. 
You believe him? Radric shrugged. If he's lying, we can kill him later. Chuckling, Julian joined his friend as he followed along behind Lauren. The game was afoot, after all. Okay, the team is together. At last. I'm sure you saw the team up with Lauren coming a miles away from the very beginning of the book, right? Um, especially since, you know, Lauren and Melanie together, working as a team. Sounds great, right? Yeah, couldn't possibly be a problem there. Um, but also we'll, see, we'll see what happens with it. Uh, but to find out, you're going to have to come back next week for the next two chapters. Of course, as always, you can go buy the book. Please do. SSNStorytelling.com is the website uh, where my uh, business's web store is at. Uh, you can also go to Amazon or all the other places. I get more money and have more control of it, and it's cooler if you come straight to my uh, publishing business. Again, SSN Storytelling. Up to you how you do it. Regardless, do uh, please like, subscribe, share all this podcast with all your pals, and come back next week for the next two chapters. Until then, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. For information on my books, visit michaelkingswood.com or visit my web store at ssnstorytelling.com. My books are all available through all the various e-tailers, but buying direct from me nuts me the most profit. For information on new releases and other special deals in the future, sign up for my newsletter on my website. Storytime with Michael Kingswood is copyrighted Michael Kingswood. Intro and outro music is copyright Gene Paul Zogby, licensed through stockmusic.net. All rights reserved.